My name is Kenzie Gillespie. I am from Decatur and Moulton. My role is booking for booking shows in North Alabama would be primarily focused in the Decatur area. The first thing I want to ask you is, you know, we are here at Cross-Eyed Owl, which is a venue that you work with, um, and you are familiar with Decatur and the local music scene here, of course. So can you talk about the first show that you saw here in Decatur? Oh, uh, the first show I saw here in Decatur that I can remember uh, vividly would probably be at the an old venue called the Underground, which was at Calvary Assembly Church, where... Aldi is now on the belt line. They completely flattened it um, and built an Aldi. Playing that night was uh, Maylene and the Sons of Disaster and a couple of other bands, but Maylene was the one that really stuck out to me. I was 14, and <laughs> what was really funny is one of my older cousins, uh, Rocky Gillespie, who was prominent within the hardcore scene here in North Alabama, saw me at this show and we had no idea either one of us was like interested in this type of music it was a situation where he saw me he was like what are you doing here and I said no no what are you doing here it was pretty funny <laughs> so you kind of been going to shows ever since right ever since I got the bug and it's just something that's been a part of my life for a very long time and how would you describe the music scene here in Decatur versus Huntsville even the music scene here in Decatur is eclectic. There's never really been a big enough scene to support one genre of DIY music. So mixed genre shows are kind of the norm, and they kind of have been for a while. Everyone supports everyone, and just because of that mixed genre kind of weird outlook on things, it influences the music in an interesting way, so everything's not just one thing. There's influences from other genres in all the music. And in that regard, you mentioned DIY. How would you define that? Bands that are doing their own promotion, they're making their own merch, they're circulating their own music, they're doing everything themselves. Initially, without the help of a label, but there are like DIY labels and stuff out there. So you have your own DIY sort of business. You have Salix Black Booking. How did you get the idea to start your own booking agency? Nobody else was doing it. <laughs> so <laughs> I had to pick up the mantle here in Decatur. Um, there was quite a lot of dry spells in between shows. And I mean, when I say nobody else was doing it, that's not entirely true because Brady Lutt's been booking shows here for years. And there are some other people that have booked shows here, but it's always been kind of sporadic, just kind of when they can do it. It's... Just at the time, there was no one else booking shows when I started doing Salix Black. And how did you sort of get your clientele? How did you start working with certain bands around here? Just by being affiliated with the local scene, that gives you a lot of connections to different people. Getting bands that are not from the area would be probably one of the more challenging things, just getting in contact with them. But if you already have that foundation of, hey, I've worked with this band, I've worked with Heel Turn, I've worked with XY Spaces, I've worked with, you know, just the local heavy hitters, and they've toured and gone other places, played with other bands, and I try to reach out to bands that are familiar with some of the local bands here. So it gives me kind of an in to start the conversation. And I wanted to ask, does your booking sort of reach beyond Decatur, or if it doesn't, have you wanted it to? Um, I've not booked outside of Decatur yet. I would love to book outside of Decatur, but honestly, 
I just, I really want Decatur to be thriving like it was in the uh, late aughts. We used to have show, like multiple shows a night, or not, not a night, multiple shows a week. What's it like now? How would you compare? Shows are sporadic right now, uh, to be perfectly honest. I've been focused on school myself, so I haven't booked in a couple of months. Looking to book something quite soon, actually. I've got some things up my sleeve. What all goes into booking a show? Because I don't, I don't know what goes into that, sure. so I'm sure other people don't know, and it'd be interesting to, to understand. When I book a show, it's, for lack of a better word, a bit frantic. I find bands that are interested in playing, try to get a list of uh, three to four, maybe five bands together, and then comes the mad dash of searching for a venue that will allow for the show and not charge an arm and a leg for rental of the space. And once you get the venue, you got your bands, you get your venue, uh, it's time to start the promotional work. So you get a flyer together, you start making posts with a flyer on various social media platforms. However, certain social media platforms have made it quite difficult to promote uh, without paying to promote. So uh, I've actually seen a big return to paper flyering and handing out leaflets and things of that manner, things we did, you know, before the MySpace era. (laughs) What is there to say about the art of making a flyer? Do you do that yourself or do you sort of get some help from somebody in the artistic community, maybe here in Decatur? Well, um, I have made a few flyers myself. Sometimes I outsource it just to different artists. It honestly depends on what look I'm going for for the flyer, depending on which artist I would look for. I've worked with a not local artist to do a couple of my flyers just because we've been friends for so long through social media. And she's done a couple of flyers for me. She's actually from New York. BJ Wilbanks, who is a Decatur native, they live in uh, Birmingham now. They are kind of like a flyer machine. (laughs) They make a lot of good stuff, and I like using their artwork. What sort of other collaborative efforts are involved in that process? Who would you say you would work with if you were promoting something here at Cross-Eyed Owl? If I was promoting something here at Cross-Eyed Owl, okay, so here's an example of a show that I booked at the Magnolia Room. So this is where connections kind of come into play. I have a friend named Josh who was in a pop punk band or still is in a pop punk band that was from Decatur called Caradel. And he hit me up about a band that was coming through on tour and um, they wanted to play a show and he gave him my number. We exchanged contact information and this band is actually from Rochester, New York. And They originally were in a band in their late aughts called Such Gold. This new band is called Taking Meds. I got that set up for them. We got in contact. We contacted the owner of the Magnolia Room and, you know, got our little deal squared away. Got the flyer made. Pretty sure that that was the one one of the flyers that I made myself. And uh, then just got the word out. My friends, people in the scene will, you know, share the posts. They'll help flyer. Uh, and show up for the show. (laughs) So we've talked a little bit about your involvement here in Decatur, booking shows in Decatur, and amping up the music scene here. What do you see for the future of Decatur's music scene, and how would you go about doing that, or how would you like to see that happen, that sort of expansion, as you you talked about, of the local music scene here? I'm going to be honest. um, If we don't get a regular 
all ages venue that we could use weekly, especially on weekend nights. I see the future of the DIY scene indicator kind of stagnating a little bit, especially for shows, not necessarily for the production and creation of art and music, but having a place to exhibit that is critical. If we don't have a place to exhibit it, then it can't be exhibited. So you're saying that it kind of dwindled down from the late aughts and you know you see a city over in Huntsville they're getting millions and millions of dollars invested in their local music scene while you know just neighboring next door as you said you know the the music scene here is not what it used to be and it's not really going on an uh, upward trajectory. Do you think there could be someone in Huntsville who could help make that happen for Decatur and what is the importance of building that music scene back up? The importance of building that music scene back up is definitely keeping it thriving, keeping people's voices out there, keeping them heard, giving young people a thing to do on the weekend, giving them something to be a part of, uh, that sense of community uh, and camaraderie and just fun. It's experiences that within the DIY scene in North Alabama that have given me a essentially a family, and I don't want future generations to miss out on that. Are you the only one booking here in Decatur that you know of for local shows? Like I said, Brady uh, Lett does, does some booking, and there's been people throughout the years that have done booking, but it's something that just kind of gets passed on. Um, it's, it is a lot of work, so it's when somebody is tired, somebody else takes up the mantle of the booker. Do you see for the future of Decatur's music scene uh, to make it thrive again, do you think that needs to be more of a team? It's all about team. Teamwork makes the dream work, um, (laughs) as we used to say in the restaurant industry. Uh, I'm sure people still do say that, but without a solid team behind you, it's really hard to get anything done. And so would you say that you'd like to see more bookers pop up so that that mantle is not passed on to one person and one person? Oh, absolutely. I would love for more people to book shows. Um, Problem is, we just don't have the venue space to book the shows. If someone were interested in trying to do that themselves and start their own business like you had with uh, Salix Black, how would they go about doing that? What advice would you give them? If you want to start booking shows, you've got to start going to shows. If you're not going to shows, it's going to be very difficult for you to start booking shows because you're not familiar with what's going on got to make those connections. you got to make those connections. You do. The connections are very important. You also need to have, especially in Decatur, like, unless you're booking a big name on, like, a weekend night, you're going to take a hit financially. Like at the Princess or something. Right. I would love to book a show at the Princess, but I don't know how people would mosh with all the chairs in the way. (laughs) (laughs) The tiny, tiny chairs. You were telling me about a project that you're working on right now, and that's basically sort of a preservation of the history of the DIY music scene here in Decatur. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So um, I've been focused on Morgan County for this oral history project where I've interviewed people from different eras of the DIY scene in Decatur starting in like the late 80s. I've gotten up until about the early aughts now with just the different people I've interviewed. I think it's important that these things are remembered especially with MySpace's disillusion. We lost so much music with that, with that server transfer that MySpace did, and that will never be heard again. The DIY music scene has just been so important to me my whole life that I don't want to see it 
be just dust in the wind because real stuff has happened here and it's been everything. What sorts of interesting facts can we expect whenever this project is, is out, in the, out in the wild for us to listen to? Well, just being that I've focused on Morgan County primarily in this iteration of the project, you can expect to hear how a lot of people describe the differences between the scene in Morgan County and like the scene in Madison and Huntsville or the scene in Birmingham. It's quite funny. Uh, most of the people, when asked to describe the differences, they talk about just how eclectic and strange Decatur is. And it's not a bad thing. It's not. But especially from the interviews that I've done with people that were, you know, going to shows in the 90s, they would talk about going to shows in Huntsville and trying to, having to kind of hide that they were from Decatur. Because <laughs> uh, that bridge separates more than just two cities. It's, it's almost like a metaphysical thing. <laughs> yeah. You talked about the variety, the eclectic sort of aspect of the scene. So what sort of genres through the decades has Decatur seen? Punk, hardcore, uh, metal, metalcore, just all the cores. <laughs> um, <laughs> so there's all of that. But we also have, there's a lot of hip hop here. There is jazz. One of my favorite jazz projects that ever come out of Decatur was called Andy Asteroids. And they would play in the late aughts. And it, they were, at the time, high school kids. And they went so hard. They were so good. And they would be on the bill with these really heavy bands. And all the people that were here to see the heavy bands would end up moshing and hardcore dancing to this jazz music that... <laughs> It was great. So we have talked about Decatur. I do want to talk about Sluice Fest because you are a part of that. That's another hat that you wear. So can you talk about how you got involved in, I mean, you are involved in both the Huntsville and Decatur music scenes, but how did you get involved with Sluice Fest? And can you talk a little bit about your role? Uh, so Sluice Fest is the brainchild of Ashley Jackson. It was born out of her zine uh, Sluice. She started it in 2017, 2018, Sluice Fest, um, as a way to dump money back into the local music scene. How's that distributed, by the way? I, I always wondered. Like, most of the money goes back to the bands. There's a reserve that goes into the Sluice Bank that goes into producing the next Sluice Fest. It's not like a for-profit thing. It's purely just to generate money for the bands and just to keep the local scene thriving. Kind of going back and talking about the city of Decatur, would you th ever think about collaborating with Ashley or somebody else to bring a Sluice Fest type thing here to Decatur? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Ashley loves Decatur. A lot of the work she puts into Sluice Fest, like a lot of the behind the scenes stuff, the organizing and just the bureaucratic stuff she <laughs> has done previously in Decatur. She's done a lot of planning for Sluice Fest actually in this building we're in right now in, in, in XEO. And if you look in the compilation CD that we did for, um, I believe it was Sluice Fest 2019, XEO is credited and the thank yous for that. She also loves going to the brick and talking stuff there, having meetings. So there, Ashley definitely has a love for Decatur, and I could see that being something that we would do. It's, you know, just finding that mag magic venue. <laughs> How do you think the city of Decatur could 
invest more in its local music scene and open up those venues. Um, do you see any potential here downtown or uh, elsewhere here in Decatur that could be that spot that you talked about earlier uh, for younger people just getting involved with the music scene? It all just really comes down to what the owners of the different spaces would charge for doing the shows and if they're scared to let people mosh or not, depending on, so we kind of like limits what kind of shows we can book. How do you negotiate a mosh sort of clause in a, in a booking thing? So normally I operate on a uh, ask for forgiveness, not for permission <laughs> type of deal. Yeah. I did book a hardcore show at the Magnolia Room and the Magnolia Room has plaster walls. And um, I thought the room was going to be big enough to, like, keep people from slamming into stuff. But uh, somebody slammed into one of the walls, and I had to hop on the mic and be like, hey, I love y'all all very much. If you damage these walls, I will damage you. Because <laughs> <laughs> I do not have the money to pay the Magnolia Room to replaster walls. There was a venue in um, the late aughts here in Decatur called... Planet Avalon or Coffee and Playhouse or Excalibur. It had a couple of different names. I mostly called it Planet Avalon. And it was just up on Moulton Street. It's now a goody two shoes. But having that space was very important in the late aughts. And I would love to have a space like that again. We would have multiple shows a week. People were always up there hanging out because it was, it was half a, a venue space, half a vintage and vinyl store. It was perfect. It was perfect. We loved it had a lot of bigger name bands and like the I know saying bigger name bands on an underground music scene is kind of an oxymoron had a lot of bands come through and if we just could have a place like that again that was like dedicated to doing shows that was accessible to the DIY scene that would be awesome that would be the trick to getting it to survive and the more I think about it the more I'm scared that I'm gonna have to do it myself I was that was my other question is have you have you taken the time and thought about you know the the logistics of doing it your DIYing your own space like yeah. opening it up yourself or you know as you said before with a team I think honestly it's probably about time I'm in my early 30s um, I'm supposed to be a responsible adult <laughs> It's something I've been interested in doing for a very long time is opening my own venue space. But there's a, a lot of fear in that because Decatur does have a history of like crushing out music venues, which is why, you know, Planet Avalon is not here anymore, why most of the venues aren't here anymore. <laughs> Before we go, is there anything else that you'd like to add, Kenzie? If you see a show, you see a flyer for a show on the internet, you see a flyer for a show anywhere, and you're even the slightest bit interested in checking it out, absolutely go. There is just so much to be experienced within that. Um, there's so much music here. There is the camaraderie and the friendships, and every, there's just everything to be gained from going to a show. Going to shows alone is better than staying at home and missing out and it's not like these shows are like you would experience at a at the Von Braun Center or something you're not paying like $50 a ticket it's usually anywhere from like five to ten bucks and or, or completely free or completely free <laughs> right five to ten bucks or completely free um and you usually get at least three bands out of that and it's good music 
I've always said that there is just such a vein of talent here in North Alabama. It's crazy. And when you talk about music in North Alabama, a lot of people want to talk about, you know, Muscle Shoals, the Swampers, and things like that. But there's more than that here. There's so much more than that here. And Decatur is less than half an hour away from Huntsville, yeah. so. Yeah, it is half an hour, less than half an hour away from Huntsville. So, you know, if you see a show in Decatur, please come out. GK says if you are interested in setting up a show for your music act or if you have any other questions you'd like to ask her, you can message the Salix Black Booking Instagram account. All of her contact info is available there as well. I'm Katie Ganaway. This is 89.3 Huntsville Public Radio.